Live from Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Orlando Magic HQ podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Orlando Magic HQ podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online. We're your host, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, February 23rd, and this is one day post the Orlando Magic being down on the Cleveland Cavaliers after a very, very long, what seems to be a long all-star break. Notoriously, we're, we're pretty terrible after, you know, taking some time off and then jumping into some basketball, but not, not, not this time around. The Magic, they, they handle business in Cleveland away, and they, they get a, a, a great win after this long break. Al, what's going on, man? How's your all-star, uh, your all-star break? It was good, man. It gave us, it gave us a nice chance to disconnect, a nice chance to kind of relax. Um, but I'd be lying if, if I didn't say that I was missing it. I was missing Magic Basketball. I'm excited for the final 27 games, and uh, we're off to a good start here after tonight's win against the Cavs. Yeah, not not too bad. And in today's episode, we're we're going to talk a little bit about All Star Weekend. We had some great representation this this weekend, and there was a lot of talks in regards to some of the things that people really didn't like. Um, in regards to some of these events that notoriously have been getting a little worse and worse as time has gone on, um, there has been rumors about Clay Thompson is now the second reporter, first Shams, and then uh, Mark Stein that have reported Clay Thompson connected with the Orlando Magic, and we're going to be talking about what we think. Is that even a good idea? And then people outside of Orlando are now predicting the Orlando Magic to do some heavy work in the postseason. So finally, we're getting some of that recognition from the outside media, um, and we're going to talk about that in a few moments. But before we do, jump into a quick word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team. And remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, the game starts here. So I want to jump right into All-Star Break Talk. When you think about All-Star Break, and this is even before we start talking about magic representation, but what are your initial thoughts about All-Star Weekend in its entirety, right? So we, we've, we've come accustomed to Friday Celebrity Game Rising Star Challenge, and Saturday is a day that people really look forward to the most when it comes to All-Star Weekend. Um, you got the three-point contest, you got the skills challenge, um, and then you got the infamous slam dunk contest. And then you move on to, you know, Sunday where you have the all-star game. But when, when it comes to the weekend completely, what, what are some of the events that you really don't care about? What's your favorite event? Um, what, what is your general, you know, outlook when it comes to all-star weekend? So I, I gotta say, man, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I don't know what's changing, but all-star weekend, weekend does not hit like he used to like to me growing up it used to be friday night i'm watching the, the rookie and sophomore game saturday night i'm glued to the tv from 8 to 11 p.m all the contests all the challenges i'm watching it was fun to watch 
And back in the days, whether it was Vince or Steph, whoever it was, I'm watching All-Star Game just because I'm like, hey, I know they're going to do something special. They're going to compete. They're going to do some nice dunks. It'll be fun to watch. But I feel like as time has gone on, players don't value being there as they used to. Like, I feel like they show up because they kind of have to represent their teams. They got voted in. They'll go and do their thing. But you can tell in their mindset, like, they can't wait to get out. Um, But I mean, the only contest that I'm really, really watching, like I'm looking forward to now, is the three-point shooting contest. Like, that's the only one where I feel like all competitors are trying. They're trying to win. They're trying to do their best. Um, I mean, look at the dunk contest this year. We know every year it's kind of gotten kind of worse and worse. But this year in particular, man, like, McClung won it. He's from Osceola. I'm happy that he won it. He was my favorite. But, like, Jalen Brown making it to the finals, man, like, that to me was, was a joke, to be honest. He wasn't trying. He was going at 50%. He tried to do... I, certain dunks to pay tribute to certain dunkers and dude like if you watch the original dunk to what he did it's like he's mocking those dudes like he's not even trying out there listen um, I, dis- I disagree with you i think he was trying i think he tried his hardest <laughs> i just think that he was really terrible at that event like he gave it his all and his all just sucked it was just bad i mean we got a good beam out of it the whole like tatum passing the ball like that was the best meme out of it i guess we got that out of it at least but even like the All-Star game, man, like, again, I grew up in an era where I, I loved like the 2000 All-Star game. Like that was Vince against Kobe against AI. That's what I think of when I think of an All-Star game. And unfortunately, 23 years, 23, 24 years later now, it's crazy to think about how old I've gotten. It's crazy how these dudes just show up. They dribble up the court. They jack up a three. They get a rebound. They come back and jack up a three. And that's the game. That's the All-Star game that we get to watch now. No defense, no blocks. No really like cool dunks off the backboard, like nothing like that. Um, so I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if like, I'm getting old. If you guys are watching, listening to this, let us know. If you feel like you look forward to All-Star Weekend, because honestly, I just don't anymore. Like, it's not a fun thing to do, to watch. Um, I will tune in Saturday night and watch it. But All-Star Game, rookie and sophomore game, honestly, it's not my thing. What about you? Yeah, I think I think the the highlight of the weekend, in my opinion, has always been the slam dunk contest. Like that's that's the one thing that you look forward to. And honestly, I found myself really more feeling more excited watching the three point contest. And he, here's the thing about the NBA: if there's one thing that you can kind of hang your hat on, that the NBA is at least good at is they're they're, they're good at trying to make changes for the better. I'm not saying that they, that always works out because there's some decisions that they make that just suck, right? But some decisions that they make, that's awesome. Uh, a great example of that, right? The the rookie sophomore game, that has changed numerous times, right? It was rookie sophomore. Then if you played your uh, year one, year two, you were selected, but then it was like the world versus USA. And then they, they turn into this this tournament now where they even included a team from the G League. And I think that that is awesome. I think that that has made the Rising Stars Challenge that much better, right? Even the fact that the G League team ended up beating, I can't remember which team it was, but ended up you know, eliminating one of the other teams, which I thought was, was great. Shout out to Mac McClung. Um, and so elements like that I really enjoyed. Um, them having like a random three-point contest with, you know, uh, a WNBA player in, in Sabrina and, and Steph Curry. I thought that was awesome as well. I enjoyed that. Um, 
when we talk about the skills challenge, I don't know what the hell they were doing this year, man. <laughs> it, it's it was it's all over the place. If you talk about one event that they've tinkered the most, it's the skills challenge, and I feel like that's one event that it's only a matter of time before they scratch that completely. They they've made so many changes and adjustments. The the passing targets that they were doing were, you know, the, was was a massive like this this it was huge like the I don't I don't understand what anybody could have did that like there's there's no special skill that you need to have to be able to co- accomplish some of the things that they had to accomplish and even in the beginning you're right you know players weren't taking it serious Anthony Edwards like I really 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 was hoping like the the number one draft picks were were gonna do work Anthony Edwards out there shooting with his left hand like he said he was he warned everybody. Um, I I really didn't enjoy that aspect of it. So it was a little underwhelming, 100%. I think the, well, the NBA also, to your point, they have done some good things, but I also think they're trying too hard to like be innovative and and try new things. Sometimes keep it consistent for history's sake. So if you ask me like the skills challenge, to be honest, they could have kept it the same way, the traditional way, one player at a time. I don't like this whole team approach just because, again, it's so messy, the whole passing going on and shooting. Like, it, it's too confusing. Um, so I don't know. The NBA has to do some thinking for sure. You could tell that Adam Silver, the commissioner, was not very happy handing the award to the East when they won. And he kind of sarcastically said, well, congrats. You broke the scoring record. Here you go. Like, he wasn't pleased at all at the, the effort that was given that night. Um so again, and now don't forget this part. There was a year I used to live up north when this happened. It was in Brooklyn, the All-Star game. And I thought about going. I'm like, you know what? I've never been. It would be cool to go one day. Dude, those tickets are like 800 bucks for like the cheapest tickets to those events. So imagine you make the effort. You say, hey, you know what? I'm going to do it because I don't know. Paolo's first All-Star game. I'm going to go and watch this. And these dudes are jogging through the challenges. The All-Star game, nobody plays with any effort. That's the part of it to me that's, again, it's like a slap in the face of the fans that care and that want to watch these dudes compete because they are the best 24, 26, whatever it may be, players in the NBA. And we're not seeing that. So the NBA has got to do some thinking here. Go back to the basics. You don't have to keep innovating so much and use so much technology. Like, that's cool and all. Keep it simple. Keep us, give us what we want to see. To your point, the skills challenge. What's the skill? Passing, shooting. Make it about that. You don't have to do all these other extra things and make it about teams. Just my opinion. I don't know. Yeah, so you talk about and part of the reason why Adam Silver was was sarcastic about it, and you can tell that he was upset. Adam Silver made it a point. They even had Larry Bird, Andre Iguodala, another player, I can't remember who it was, to go and talk to the teams on both East and West to try to make it competitive. Um, Larry Bird in one of his speeches, he was even talking about like let's let's make sure that we we make that a point, and nobody really did, man. It's it's not. I'll be honest with you, I I, I maybe watched maybe maybe twenty thirty minutes of it. And I'm like I, don't know, I really like, I just want to see Paolo, and 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 that's that's pretty much it. I I couldn't watch the whole thing if I'm being a hundred percent honest with you. Um. And I think that certain elements have to change. They they try making the adjustments, especially with the All Star um, game. They they try changing the the point system. Um, they they try making giving some type of incentive to the players in terms of you know compensation. They've 
they've done east and west and then pick your players they, they've done everything that they can it's now time for them to take it you know a, a little bit a little bit more we've heard a lot of some of the changes some of the ideas that people have made where it's really more of okay if you have east and west maybe you should incentivize a winner with having home court advantage in the finals an idea that I heard um, another person bring up is maybe, you know, because the, the way that big three, like big three tournament, the way that, that they, the big three league, the way that they do it is that they have a, a point system that you have to reach. And once you reach that specific number, um, you know, then the game is over. So I know that they have something like that to where they, they kind of reset after, I don't I, it's honestly, it's been a while since I watched a full all-star game, but whether it was a quarter or half, however it is that they have it now, you know, it, how about you just eliminate all the quarters and you just have one point system, have the game up to 120, 150, whatever the case may be. Um, and then the first one to win it, then the game's over. Obviously, you don't want the game to be over like in 20, 30 minutes. But I think that that would kind of help at least incentivize people to play a little defense in the all-star game. Uh, not saying that that's the greatest idea in the world, but at least an idea. I think that something has to change. And I, I listened to an interview that Kobe Bryant had, you know, a few years back where he was talking about like people want to watch the all-star game as one of being one of the best pickup games in the world. Right the fan base we haven't been getting that like people are playing harder in 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 the drew league they're playing harder at ucla they're playing harder in in all these off-season leagues but when it comes to the all-star that everyone is crying about to make it they're not they're not giving anything like it's not it's more of a, a tally mark to put on their resume so that they can get paid more it's it's not about the event anymore and i and i think that Something definitely has to change for us to be able to get back to it where it's now watchable. Because if you have the all-star game that nobody cares about anymore, then you have the slam dunk contest that nobody cares about anymore, then what's going to really happen with that all-star weekend? It's it's only going to be a matter of time before you're going to have to scratch it completely. Um, another idea that I heard was, you know, maybe instead of the slam dunk contest, you do like a, a massive you know, 30, 40 player, or not 30, 40, but maybe like 20 player, 15 player, one versus one tournament. So I don't know. There, There's a lot of different ways that they can go. Uh, the skills challenge, it would be one that I would happily scratch off. Um, and and they they need to find a, uni a unique way to, to have more eyes on the All-Star Weekend because people are slowly, slowly saying, man, we don't, we don't want to watch this. This isn't what we want. And I think that if they don't do something quick, it's going to end up hurting the NBA in the in the long run. People are still going to watch, but people are losing respect for it really, really fast. I mean, that's my my question has always been like, so what do the players want? Like, what do they want to make a competitive, right? Because what, what Kobe mentioned is true. When, again, me growing up, All-Star Game was the best pickup game you could ever watch. All the greatest players are playing. You want to watch it for that reason alone. But to your point, they need they keep saying they need to be incentivized. Okay, so money is not getting it done because they, they try that route, that didn't really work. To your point, my recommendation would always be or would also be try to make it where the winning team, East or West, gets home court advantage in the finals. So that should motivate you to do well. The counterpoint to that has been, well, what about the Pistons? Like if Kate was to make the All-Star game, why would he care? It's not about that. You're trying to help the group of guys that you're playing with on the Eastern Conference. 
to get them home court advantage. That's what I would think. Um, but they, they got to find something, man, because again, the other concern is injuries. But then again, you watch these guys playing pickup ball in the summer and they're going hard. They're playing hard. They're dunking on people. They're blocking shots. So which one is it? Like, I feel like they're being contradicting to each other in the sense that, oh, we want to be incentivized where you are getting paid $20, 30000000 million to play basketball. To show up one day and try a little bit won't kill you. And then injuries, like we talked about it already. When you're playing pickup ball in the summer, you're trying, you're playing hard. So I don't get it, man. It's just confusing to me. It's a new generation thing, I feel, because again, this wasn't a thing before. My thing is, how do you fix it? How do you find motivation in these guys that are making so much money that they won't care? Money to me is not the answer. There's got to be more to it. But again, what can that be? I, I don't have the answer to that. Yeah, the, the slam dunk contest was definitely, definitely underwhelming. Shout out to Jalen Brown for at least taking the risk as an all-star level player to partake in it. But his, his, all his dunks were trash, every single one of them. The whole jumping over Kai Sinat and, and trying to do the D Brown no look, and, and he ends up dunking and then tries to <laughs> pretend like he didn't look the whole time. Like It was just an awkward – all his dunks were just awkward. Um, but shout out to Mac McClung for, for bringing it home. Um, clearly had the best song so that easy easy without a doubt without a doubt and also how can we not mention paulo right so paulo's first appearance in the all-star game unfortunately everything that he did was unfortunately cut short so you know that the rookie sophomore game unfortunately was cut short um his team lost in the first game um then you have the skills challenge where again anthony edwards is jacking up threes left-handed so that was his evening it's embarrassing and then and then All-Star game. Unfortunately, they were not passing him the ball. And when they did pass him the ball, they were double-teaming him. In an All-Star game, that would, nobody was playing defense. It was weird. Um, but it was great to see Paolo out there, man, representing the Magic. Um, first of many more to come. Uh, he is a rookie at the All-Star game, at least. It's going to happen. You're going to struggle a little bit. The lights are bright. All these crazy players that you admire your whole life are now in one locker room with you. It's going to happen. But... Um, the fun part is, as a Magic fan, this is the first of many. And I think, again, next year, we may see France in there, too. So he can now coach up France on what to expect on All-Star Weekend. But uh, it was great to see Paolo out there, man. Yeah, it was cool seeing him out there. Also, um, I feel like almost every picture that they took of him, like on the court with some of the other players, he was always with another point guard. So it, it looked as if he was out there recruiting, right? But no, it, it was it was awesome to see uh, Paolo Bancaro out there again. When we talk about all star representation, like this, this one feels like the most heart fulfilling because of, you know, this is our number one draft pick sophomore year. There's a lot of meaning to it. So, really happy for uh, Paolo Bancaro, happy for Matt McClung bringing the trophy home. Um, Traveling McQueen also played in some tournament all star weekend. He ended up winning MVP of, of some awards. So, shout out to him too. Um, but really, really awesome for them. All-Star Weekend, they got to do something. They, they just, it just needs to happen. I don't, I don't know. Figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah, man. Um, now, with, with, this, with this weekend, Al, there was also a lot of, lot of talks. Not really talks. Mark, Mark Stein was talking about Clay Thompson. There being a connection. The Orlando Magic showing interest. will be showing interest um, in Clay Thompson. When we think about Clay Thompson as a player, where he's at in his career, you're talking about a multi-time NBA champion, one of the best NBA shooters in the league, or arguably in NBA history. 
you followed Golden State Warriors from a West Coast as your West Conference team, your Western Conference team. What are your thoughts on Clay Thompson potentially one leaving leaving Golden State, and two would would he even be interested in a team like the Orlando Magic, being so young and still on the cusp of, uh, you know, getting into the postseason and and really making noise. So again, if you listen to the podcast, you know, Warriors are a team that I follow from a distance. I'm a huge Steph Curry fan. So I've grown up watching Clay and them winning rings. Um, unfortunately, I don't see this very likely. Uh, the only way that I see Clay Thompson leaving the Warriors, if he does, is to maybe the Lakers or some team like that in California where his dad played for. There's some ties there. LeBron would want him there if he stays in L.A., um, I truly don't think there's a way that Clay Thompson leaves the Warriors just because, again, what they've built there. Steph, Clay, Draymond, I think those are guys that will retire in Golden State, at least Clay and Steph. Um, so not to, again, be the bearer of bad news or be a downer. I just, I don't see it. Like, I would be shocked if come this summer, the Warriors, number one, let him walk. And number two, he talks to an Eastern Conference team. Like, I've always thought of Clay as a West Coast kid. So I don't see him coming to the Knicks, the Heat, the Magic. Like, I just don't see it. Um, now, don't get me wrong. If he does, he says, hey, I'm entertaining this option. Like, I, I want to go to, you know, Florida tax-free after paying so many taxes here in California. I I I'll entertain the idea. You offer him $60, $80 million, two, three-year deal. Sure. Trust me, man. We have needed shooting. We have needed bets. We needed a champion in the locker room. I would love him in, in, in Orlando. However, there are some signs he's been kind of pouting a little bit with the Warriors because he's getting benched or not playing as much. Um, so do you want that in your locker room when you're trying to build around Paulo Franz, Jalen Suggs? I don't know. So let me leave it at that. The fact that I simply don't think it's realistic that he leaves the Warriors. But what about you? If the opportunity presented itself, is Clay Thompson a guy that you would want to go after and pay a bunch of money to? What I want, dude. He's a he's a championship shooter. We suck at shooting. Like, how does anyone not want Clay Thompson? Obviously, at the same time, it has to make sense for the Magic. It has to make sense for Clay Thompson. Yeah, I think that that's going to be the tough part. If I'm Clay Thompson, dude, I've already won my four titles. I'm at the back end of my career, 35 years old, just coming off of eight uh, an Achilles injury. I'm trying to get paid out one more time. So who's going to be the one to pull out their checkbook if things really don't work out in Golden State? He specifically said recently that one of the players that he's looked up to the most was Ray Allen. And Ray Allen didn't always start, right? He was he he made a sacrifice and came off the bench for the better male of the team. Um, and he mentioned that he would be willing to take a pay cut to stay with Golden State. Now... If that doesn't happen, which I believe they will, I, I believe that something they'll they'll make sure that Clay Thompson, in my opinion, unless he's a detriment to the team, I think that they'll find a way to keep him. But his role definitely has to change, and is he okay with that? Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. He's a, he's a he's a West Coast kid. Like the Shams was the one that reported first. He said that he expects both teams in Florida and both teams in LA. Um, to go after Clay Thompson, and I think it would make more sense for him to stay on the West Side and, and maybe play for one of these California teams before he even pictures 
you know, Florida. Florida's a different, it's a different world, man. It's a different vibe. It's different everything. You spend your whole entire career in California. There's no reason why you would do that. But I don't, I don't know what financially would make sense for Clay Thompson. I know what financially would make sense for the Orlando Magic. Like for, for a player, his age, his injury history, joining a team that we've dealt with how much injury in itself, like we can only risk so much money for Clay Thompson. Like there, there's got to be uh, in, in a contract where it's fully front-loaded, declining every year, you know, a team option, preferably a three and not a four-year. Like there, there has to be a lot of that verbiage in there for us to be comfortable. Now, what does that dollar look like? Like I don't, I don't know if there's a team out there outside of Golden State, and not even Golden State. I don't know if there's an, any NBA team that's willing to give him a max contract. So I think that Clay Thompson needs to bring down his expectations and and really ask himself like, what is it that's most important? If he wants to win another championship, then okay, like there's there's avenues for that. If you're trying to get paid and still play winning basketball. Yeah, I think there's a world that Orlando Magic could entertain it. I personally just like the fact that we're in the rumors. Like, get us in the conversation. Talk to everybody. Like, no one should be off the table. Have a conversation. If you don't find something that makes sense and doesn't make sense, then you just move on. But um, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think people would come around to it if it did happen. But I don't see a world where, you know, there's a contract that makes sense for the Magic and Clay Thompson. Listen, we, we, we came around the idea of Joe Ingles coming to the Magic after the way that his season started. So I think Clay Thompson would definitely be welcome to Orlando. I just, again, being realistic, uh, I just want the conversation to be around the fact that the Magic are getting meetings with this type of players, whether it's, you know, Chris Paul earlier this month, and we went now to Clay Thompson. So the fact that, like, they're, they're linking big names to the Magic, dude, it's been since Dwight left Orlando that we haven't heard that. So the fact that that's happening again, that's a good sign. Um, I don't know why they're linking all those like 36, 35 year old guys to the magic, but it's a good sign. It's a, it's a good start. So at the very least, I want to see some meetings. I want to see some more rumors happening as the summer gets closer. Um, I just, again, don't think Clay Thompson leaves the Warriors to begin with. That's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I like, again, I like the fact that we're in the talks, but, yeah, I, if I'm if I'm a betting man, I, I don't I don't see anything happening there. Um, Cleveland, Orlando Magic. Just want to touch base on it real quick. Um, Magic ended up winning. Really excited for us to be able to get a win after All Star break. But the thing that was really surprising was Markel missed the game due to left knee injury management. Well, give me give me your quick thoughts on that real quick. I mean, it's it's upsetting, man. Right? Like, how do you? He missed the game before All Star break. And then he misses a game after All-Star break uh, with injury management. Um, sure, I guess. I guess a week wasn't enough to, to manage the injury in his left knee. Sure. I mean, man, it's unfortunate. Um, again, I keep thinking that it's the shoulder. It's not really the knee. They're hiding it. They're trying to preserve whatever little, you know, value Markel has in the marketplace come free agency. So I think they're doing this to protect him and to, and to help him out, man. But it, it's so sad to see, man, because we have seen the potential that Markel has. And to see it go down this way on his 
contract year, it, it truly breaks my heart, man. But mentally, I am just of the thinking that AB is our point guard. And honestly, man, if this is the way things are going to go down, hand AB the keys, man, or do what you did tonight against the Cavs. Start Jaden Suggs at point guard with Gary Harris at the two and embrace that as your lineup and use this final 26 games as a prep for the playoffs. Because unfortunately, you cannot keep doing this in and out of the lineup thing. And then come playoff time, expect Markel and these guys to have chemistry. Um, but at the end of the day, man, it's just sad to see. Just happy that we won the game tonight without Markel and were able to come victorious because it was a huge game against the Cavs and we were found a way to win that game. Yeah, and speaking of Anthony Black, nine points, two assists, one turnover, shot two three-point uh, three balls and, and made one, so he was 50% from the three-point line, and he showed up with a different haircut. So um, love to see it. Uh, it. It's funny because I remember seeing a clip of Coach Mose kind of talking to him in in uh, one of his uh, YouTube videos that he had, kind of saying, like, listen, you can you can play ball like that now, but you know, later, later on there, there's a lot of uh, benefits to you know, not having your hair out there kind of, you know, ponytail or, or braided or whatnot. So it was cool to see that he, he took the advice and, and finally got that done. Yeah, man. Alfred Payton would have never done that. <laughs> but uh, it was great to see. I mean, he looked great out there. He played hard. And big shout out to Mo Wagner tonight, man. 22 points, seven rebounds. Played his heart out out there tonight against the Vicks from the Cavs, which are really talented Vicks. He yeah. found a way to, again, score 22 points and grab seven rebounds. Pretty much close out the game for us over Wendell Carter, which is great to see. Um, and that's the thing with this team, man. You never know who's going to bring it. One night might be Mo Wagner. One night might be Paolo, Franz. It could be Gary Harris that goes off shooting. But it's great to see because as a coach of the opponent team, oh, oh, you know, the, yeah, like the Cavs tonight, you don't know who to prep for. You don't know who, like, is it going to be Paolo tonight? Well, look, it wasn't him tonight, but yet Mo Wagner stepped up. And the bench did an amazing job tonight. They truly won us the game. Everyone from the bench had a plus, um, you know, J.I. plus 17, Mo Wagner plus 18. Joe Ingles was clutch, plus 23 with three three-pointers. And then Anthony Black plus 21. So that's the game right there. Those guys stepped up. They knew the Paolo wasn't feeling his best tonight. They were able to get it done for us. Yeah, I saw a video um, earlier today, and and I don't know, I don't know exactly when this video came out. Maybe it was like a week or two ago. I, I'm not sure. I don't know for sure, but it was of Coach Most post game after a a really good win in the locker room, pointing at different players and pretty much saying, "Hey, did you start? Yes. Did you did you finish? No. Did you start? Did you finish? Like pointing at players, pretty much saying like it doesn't matter if you start." It doesn't always matter if you don't finish, but did we win? Yes. At the end of the day, that's that's what matters. And and he he just kind of told everyone to really focus on that. And the fact that you know this we we do have a special group, a special group where if you if you started but you didn't finish the game, how were you on the bench? You were excited because your team was winning. At the end of the day, that's what matters most. And the fact that. Wendell Carter isn't getting big headed about it. Cole Anthony isn't getting big headed, big headed about not starting, but he's still given opportunity to finish games. Like this is what this is what makes this team so special is that everyone really does enjoy playing with one another. Everyone really does respect Coach most, and we continue this trend. This is going to allow for us to really surprise a lot of teams in this postseason. And Basketball Reference predicted 
that the Magic will finish the season at 46 and 36 record, finish sixth in the East, facing off the New York Knicks with a third seed in the first round. This is their current prediction. You're looking at uh, a team that didn't make it into playing contention to now being predicted to be in the sixth seed to finish the season off 10 games above 500, facing off against the New York Knicks. Now, my question to you is, if this outcome came to fruition, is the Knicks in the first round something that you would love to see? Like, do you like that matchup? Oh, man, it's tough. Because I, I do feel like the Knicks, we've played them well. We've beaten them, what now, three times. We've got one more against them um, later on in, in March. But they did make some great upgrades at the deadline. They had some much-needed shooters. Um, so we got to see what that looks like, right? We don't know what that will look like once they all start playing together. Um, they got some guys that are hurt right now, so maybe the chemistry won't be all there, and we can beat them. You never know. But on paper, not really the best opponent in my eyes. I feel like they have a great, talented team. Um, I would embrace it because all those New Yorkers will come to the Kia Center and try to take over, and we'll protect our house. I know that for a fact. And hopefully, season ticket holders, people that get tickets in advance of the playoffs, won't be selling them to New Yorkers. That would be ideal if that happens. Um, so I would embrace it. I, I, would, I would embrace the challenge. Listen, if that's how things play out, let's make it work. Let's make it happen. Um, but to your original point, 46 and 36, I think is more than doable. That means we have to win 15 more games out of our final 26. So we got to go, what, 16 and 10? I think that is pretty doable, if you ask me. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think it's it's gonna definitely be something that we can accomplish. But the fact that we can be out of the you know the the playing tournament race that would be ideal. If we can make the playoffs as a solid team this year without having to go through the playing, that would be huge for our franchise. Bring me the Knicks, man. Bring me the Knicks. I will take I will take that matchup any day. Yes, they upgrade their roster. But the Knicks are gonna Knicks, man. They're they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be the Knicks, man. Uh, they're they're not a they're not a franchise that you can completely rely that they're gonna be successful. They always find a way to to lose out on the end. Not to jinx it, not to say any of that. I like our chances. I like our our chances with a healthy team against the New York Knicks. Jalen Brunson um is a is a baller. Julius Randle has shown that he doesn't necessarily show up in the postseason. Um, you know, they're, they're still a team that's trying to figure it out. And, and, you know, Tom Thibodeau is, you know, he's, he's a wild card also in itself, you know? So I, I would take that matchup. I think that there would be a, a huge, 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 uh, battle in the Kia center in terms of, uh, Nick fan base and Orlando magic fan base. That, that would be the only thing that I'm not excited about because it's almost, hard to really predict that like there's no way of preventing that and the last thing that you want is and and granted we've seen how playoff uh fans show up for the orlando magic like we we've we've had a small taste of that in in the vooch uh dj augustine era like we we saw very very briefly of that um but i i think that it would that's the only part that I would be worried about, especially because they're they're over here talking on their podcast where they come to Orlando and and it feels like a home game. Like they they already in their mind already assume like it's it's going to be home court advantage whether we play home or away. Um, 
but I, I would definitely 100% welcome that matchup, especially if it means that we don't even have to go through the play-in. That would be, again, man, it would be incredible to go from, again, winning the lottery, getting Paolo, to then a couple of years later, being what we are today, or what we could potentially be come April 15th or so. It would be a crazy to think about the fact that we went from 21 wins to 34 to now potentially 45, 46 wins. It's crazy. And then again, the summer, what it will lead to. So I think the fact that we're here today, February 23rd, talking about the magic, kind of going to the playoffs. We're kind of predicting already. We're going to the playoffs. We're going to phase, talking about seeding. It's exciting because usually by now, we're already thinking two more months till the season ends. And then we have another month of the lottery. That's been our talks for the last three seasons, our last three, you know, podcast seasons. By this time, we're counting down to the lottery pretty much. So the fact that we're talking about playoff basketball, playing, sixth seed, whatever it may be, is exciting. But I will say, we have the easiest schedule remaining in the NBA, 31 wins after beating the Cavs tonight. Again, we need 15 more to get to 46. We can lose 11 pretty much to get there. So again, correcting myself from earlier, 15 and 11, it's more than doable if you ask me. I think it's really something we can accomplish. The biggest thing is going to be staying healthy. That's the number one key for us. Yeah, so taking a taking a look at a week ahead, we got Saturday Pistons, Sunday Hawks, both home, uh, both away games. Then Tuesday against the Nets, Thursday against Jazz at home. I don't know, man. I'm 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 looking at it, and I say it it feels like a four and zero next four games. Well, I know that we've struggled with the Brooklyn Nets, um, pretty pretty bad the last couple times that we played them. Uh, Jazz is still a really good basketball team. Hawks, we've struggled with, but I you you play against Pistons to get two games under your belt. And I think you go into the Hawks with the chip on your shoulder and make sure that you know Dejounte Murray does not keep doing what he's been doing against us. Um, and if you can get Pistons and Hawks, I think you go into um, you know the game against Brooklyn with a lot a lot of confidence. I, I'm I'm putting my this is the first time that I've done this predictions where I say we're going to go undefeated during our stretch. I like it. I mean, if you're serious about jumping into the sixth seed and fifth seed, uh, by the way, Philadelphia keeps losing a ton of games, so we're yep. about to catch them also. So you never know what happens there. But yeah, if this week on paper looks like a four and an all week, if you're serious about making a playoff push, these are games you got to win. The Pistons yep. won. You got to come ready. Last time we played them, we had a double digit lead. We almost blew it. That can't happen, right? You got to go in there, take control of the game early, put it away. And the Hawks, man, we owe them a good game. They've been, every big game has been a battle. It's always gone to overtime or it's ended at the buzzer pretty much with the John T. Murray always finding a way to beat us. That's got to change. And the Nets, they made a lot of changes at the deadline. Hopefully they made some of those guys and we can come in today. They have a new coach now too. So hopefully we come in and we can kind of take advantage of that and beat them finally. And like you said, the Jazz, solid team. They're playing hard. But again, if you're being serious, you got to win them. I'm going to go three and one this week. Uh, I I think we lose one of these games, whichever it may be. Who but I would still take to? that, three and one. Who do we lose to? <sighs> I'm between the Hawks or the Nets. I don't know what it is, man. We just cannot play well against good shooting teams. So I think one of those two teams will find a way to beat us. I'm uh, I'm going to stay I'm going to stay strong to my four and zero. We'll see what ends up happening. A lot of ba- magic basketball is finally back after being a week off. It would be amazing for the Magic to kind of rack up a, a winning streak uh, very early on so that we can get to a point where we do end the season 
at a minimum 46 and 36. That's a wrap for us this week. I appreciate everyone for listening. Remember that this show is presented by Boundline, and we'll catch you guys next week. For all the latest magic news and updates, visit OrlandoMagicHQ.com and follow us on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ and on Twitter at OMagicHQ. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform.